Bouncing Point Podcast. This is episode 58. Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments, and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guest as they take you on a behind-the-scenes journey into ballet. Hello, everyone. My name is Kimberly Falker, and you are listening to Balancing Point Podcast, where I uncover everything about ballet and dance. And first and foremost, I want to officially congratulate the winner of my photo giveaway that I've been speaking about over the past couple of weeks. Congratulations to Emma England. And thanks to all of you who have entered. I was impressed to hear from so many of you. I'll be posting the video of my son drawing Emma's name out of a hat. So check out my Facebook page for that. And the Facebook is Balancing Points. And you can also keep up with any news or happenings with my past guests or kind of things that I find in the dance world that seems to be interesting or appealing or um, appropriate to any of you guys um, about auditions or news flashes or any of that. So I'm on Twitter and Facebook, both with Balancing Point, P-O-I-N-T-E, as my handle. And I also want to thank you guys for reaching out to me on email and sending me your thoughts, feedback, and guest requests. It does mean a lot to hear from you, and it's really quite fun to attempt to track down some of the guests that you've provided for me as your requests. And I have been successful for some of them. And I think I mentioned um, last week that one of my upcoming series is going to be You Asked For It, or no, I think I was going to call it You Asked, I Answered. And that's where I'm going to give you um, the interviews of your requests. So it's not too late to uh, get your name or your request out there. And I will continue to try and get those guests and feature that in however many episodes I need and it could cover a week or two weeks or whatever but everyone during that series will be guest provided by my listeners so if you have a request send it my way you can do it on Facebook Twitter or I especially love hearing from you on email and if you liked the giveaway the Kent Becker photo giveaway um and you weren't able to win, but we're hoping to be a part of any of my giveaways, I do have a new one coming up. And it's actually in celebration of my current series on New York City Ballet. And I'll be officially announcing that giveaway at the end of the show. So for those of you who are fans of New York City Ballet, you really don't want to miss information about this giveaway because it's a good one. And one other little housekeeping piece is I do want to apologize for my delay in getting this episode out to you. I know that I promised I would publish an episode Tuesday through Friday of this week, and I didn't. Today is Wednesday. And I want to apologize. I was in North Carolina dropping off my son at summer camp for two weeks. And so between the travel and all the packing, et cetera, et cetera, I really didn't uh, pre-plan or pre-plan to pre-publish this episode. So a little bit behind, but today I'm going to be leaving where I left off, which is last week we heard from a full-time student at School of American Ballet, two apprentices, and then a corps de ballet member, all from New York City Ballet. 
Then on Friday, I aired a very special short episode with you when I announced that one of the interviews I had aired that week, one of the apprentices, Isabella, was promoted just last week to the core. In fact, I interviewed her on a Tuesday, aired the episode on Wednesday, and it was Wednesday that she was promoted. So she contacted me, and I was able to do a quick interview where she was able to retell what happened and the excitement and the nerves and all of that. And it's a really fun episode. It's short and sweet. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because she tells about how unexpected it was and how she actually thought she was getting into trouble for a wardrobe malfunction. So it was a fun one to, or she was fun to interview and it was a fun one to publish. So that was last episode on Friday. I think it's episode 57. And so then this week we're going to pick up where we left off and the next rank in a company is soloist. So today we'll be hearing from a New York City ballet soloist. And just a little bit of a background, I'm not going to go into as much as I have been because I've covered a lot, but then I'll do a little bit more history over the next couple of days. But for today, I just want to give you a little background on the soloist. So once a dancer has been in the corps de ballet and proven that they excel, they're often promoted to soloist, which is the next rank above corps. But it's below the highest rank, which is principal. And a soloist performs in smaller groups than the corps and very oftentimes on their own. And once promoted to soloist, the dancer must continue to hone their technical ability and artistic maturity before the ultimate promotion to principal dancer. And New York City Ballet, as many of you know, is one of the largest companies in the world. And according to their website, they currently have approximately 52 corps de ballet members, 15 soloists, and 27 uh, principal dancers. So it just kind of gives you a little background on, on how... Um, the different ranks, uh, what the numbers are in those different ranks. So today my guest is Lauren Lovett, who is a soloist with the New York City Ballet. And just to forewarn you, today we don't get to hear Lauren's full story, as she had only a few minutes when we spoke before heading into rehearsal for a very special debut she did last week in Midsummer Night's Dream. And for that reason, I felt so honored that she would give of her precious downtime, knowing that she was very nervous for the night in front of her and for the opportunity that she was being given. And you'll hear that she's just so gracious and she was so willing to open up about her experiences as th- that led her to that point, including some of her experiences at School of American Ballet and disappointments that she faced as things didn't come exactly perfectly for her. And she was very candid and very willing to provide some really valuable advice to aspiring dancers, so be sure to listen all the way through as, as she's really a great interview. And at points, this, the sound quality is not exactly perfect, but just to give you the information on that, it's because she made time to talk to me while getting to her rehearsal rather than sitting down in front of her computer. So as you listen, just kind of visualize the fact that she was moving to the studio and starting to stretch while talking. So it's kind of like we're living a little bit of her real life while she's sharing um, just an open conversation. So again, as always, I'm just blown away by the kindness of, of all of my guests. And this was another episode of that for me where she just took time out of her very limited day to talk to me so that I could air her 
in order on my my series for New York City Ballet. So she was aware of it, and she gave of her time so freely. So I really, really appreciate it. You'll you'll hear because she was a great interview. So you're heading into rehearsals. Yes. Did I read on the program that tonight you're doing a new part? I am. Tonight's a debut. Oh my gosh! Does that make you nervous? <laughs> Always. Well, congratulations. Thank you. This time I've only had two rehearsals for this part, so. Oh, gosh. Well, maybe this interview will calm you down. (laughs) Get your head in the right place. (laughs) It's like, you know what? It'll be exciting out there. (laughs) Well, anyway, let's just kind of get started, and I'll jump kind of forward. I did read in, you know, a couple articles about you that you started training in California and then moved to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then um, I also read that... You auditioned for the summer program at SIB and didn't get in your first year? Yes. (laughs) How old were you then? I was 12. Okay. And was that, how did that make you feel? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't belong there? Or kind of, (laughs) did it make you want to go home and prove to them you could get in? Um, Honestly, I think it just kind of gave me a goal to work toward. Um, I I mean, I didn't really know much about, much about professional companies or dancing professionally at that age, but I I did know there was this really talented girl at my school who went to SAB every summer, and she was just the most amazing dancer I'd ever seen. She was perfect in my eyes, and um, whatever became of her, do you know? Um, no, actually, I don't. I know she was dancing Columbia for a while, and. Um, but now I don't know where she is. Her name was Sally, um, Sally Turkel. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. She was just beautiful. So I, I remember um, talking to her mom and her, and she would talk about New York, and she talked about the School of American Ballet and how um, how wonderful it was, and she went every summer and you know, in my neck of the woods or whatever in <laughs> North Carolina, not many people went to SAB, and, um, yeah, so that just kind of made me want to go there because she did, and I, I wanted to be just like her. So when I got that <laughs> rejection letter, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, that I'm wasn't not, my plan. I'm not on the path. <laughs> like, this isn't happening for me. Had you kind of already in your mind hoped or thought that this could be something, or was it just still a, a all-you-knew type of thing, you know? It, it was an all-I-knew type of thing. At that point, I didn't really know anything about New York City Ballet. I just knew of SAB because that's where Sally went. <laughs> and I knew of ABT because um, American Ballet Theater had um, videos at the library that I'd watch. So that was really all I knew about New York dance until I came um, for, you know, the Youth of America Grand Prix competition? Yeah. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I did. I did that when I was 15, no, 14, and um, 13 and 14. And when I was 13, I really started to learn more about other companies, and I saw Wendy Whalen dance, and she was the dancer with the New York City Ballet, and I. Um, that's kind of how I heard of it for the first time, was through Wendy. Yeah, because probably in your mind, the School of American Ballet and New York City Ballet were two different things. Two totally. I thought it was a school to get into ABT. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, because once you go for the summer program, um, 
New York City Ballet is in, in season during the summer. So we would watch American Ballet Theater dance at the Met and on, on school trips and stuff like that. So I was thinking, okay, yeah, so <laughs> this is the school. So when you didn't get in that first summer, you went back and um, what grade were you going into then? What grade was I in? I went back when I was 13. I think I was 8th grade or ninth grade. And so then the next summer, you did get in and you did attend SAB then? Yes. The next summer, I, I came in. Um, well, actually, when I was 13, I came for just the summer, and they asked me to stay. And my parents said, you know, you're 13. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not going um, away from home that soon, and we didn't really know much about anything in the dance world. So the year-round program was even a mystery at that point. But then when I was 14, I got a full scholarship to stay. My parents said, if they pay for everything, we'll let you go. And and so I did. I moved away from home when I was 14. So were you in ninth grade then or eighth grade? I was in ninth grade. I think I was a little ahead. I was homeschooled. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So when you went to SAB, did you... Um do online school or, or did you go to a, an actual school school? I, I did online schooling. It's what I was doing before. So I just kind of, it was easier for my parents to keep me on the program on my computer that I was on. They could probably monitor you from afar. <laughs> yeah, it would have, it would have been hard for me to adjust to, um, to living away from home and then also going to a school that I didn't know. And it just would have been, it was a good choice what my parents made. Wait, how many um, years did you, so you were ninth grade, and then how many years were you with SAB? I was at SAB four years. Okay, so your whole high school career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you ever, like, how was it moving away from home at that age? Did you feel like it was the right decision? It was, it was the right decision. It, it, not all of it was easy, for sure. Um. If there's so many emotions that go on, you're you're excited, but you're super scared at the same time. Um, it all happens really fast too, so you don't have you have maybe a month between the summer program and when the fall is going to start, and um, and so you're getting everything together, and that's exciting. You know, you're buying stuff for the dorms, and you don't really notice it, and then you pack up all your stuff in your room at home, and and you realize, wait. <laughs> I remember telling my dad, yeah, I was like, am I going to ever come back? And my dad was like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> maybe. That is a, that is weird to think about. You're right. Because, I mean, obviously the intention, if you're going to go year-round, is that you wouldn't come back, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so that's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's a shocking experience um, to go through for at such a young age. Um it, it's like you're going away to college. You just go away to college a little bit earlier. So, good point. Yeah, it was it was a, an adjustment, but at the same time, here I mean they have such a great program in the dorms. Um, it's very safe. I, I never felt I mean, I'd have my moments of homesickness like anyone would, but um, the transition wasn't as hard. Well, you're also surrounded, like yeah. I mean, unlike college where everybody's at the same school, but it doesn't mean that everybody's anywhere the same. Whereas you know, it seems as if at least at SAB, everybody there is very, very similar in so many ways. Yes. 
Yes, you're all you're all going for the same thing, and um, and everybody else, you know, you meet a lot of friends that way. Everybody's away from home, uh, so it becomes it becomes a little family because naturally, as just a human being, you you want to be around people that you're close to, so you develop really close friendships, and and it, it was really good. It has its challenges like anything else. And uh, it's definitely not easy to be away from your family like that. But Yeah. Did you have siblings um, that were still at home? Yes, I did. I have two brothers and a sister. Where Where are you in the lineup? I'm second. I have an older brother, and um, then it's me, my sister, Morgan, and um, Harrison. He's a baby. He's now 18, so baby is <laughs> <it's> crazy. <laughs> How old are you now? I'm 22. So then your senior year in high school, did you... It was after you graduated that you were asked to be an apprentice? Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually finished um, the, my final level with the school D, the, the highest level of school, and didn't get, um, I didn't get a job with the rest of my class. I came back for another year. Okay. So that would be like your year after high school? Yes. Did they give you any sort of encouragement or, or indication whether that was a good idea or were you feeling nervous about that decision? Um, I, about coming back for another year? Yeah. I, I was a little nervous about it. They, um, they had the right intentions for me. They wanted me to get a little stronger and it, it turned out to be the best decision I, I ever made because I, I went to Chautauqua for seven weeks that summer. And um, I really needed to work on my performance quality, and I, I really needed to get strong. And I feel like that kind of helped me gain a little bit more strength instead of, you know, having most of the summer off. I was really, I was really training hard, and then I came back into the school and I choreographed, which I, I was just starting to get interested in that, and I probably wouldn't have. I don't know, I probably wouldn't have been as interested in it had I not gone back for a whole other year in the school. So, Backing up a little, how many like kids would have been in that class with you? Were they all asked to be apprentices? Oh, man. No, not the entire class. I'm trying to think how many there, of us there were. I want 20? That, that might even be a little small. But um, there were about 20 girls in my class. And five, six of them got asked. There were six girls asked and not me. <laughs> but did they tell you, you know, you can come back or we want you to come back? Like what happened with the rest of them? Did they follow the same type of path as you or did? Um, some of them, some of them already had jobs and they went away and, and um, danced for companies. A couple other girls stayed back with me. There were two other girls that stayed um, behind for another year. And, um, and yeah, I, they had told me not to audition for companies that year, so I didn't have a job offer. Um, and they, they really did want me to come back. So I, I kind of hope. <laughs> and I guess really it's, it's, it's still a great, uh, resume builder, you know? It is. It is. And I, I knew I had more to learn at the school, so it had its moments when it was hard. It's hard. It feels like you're being held back because you're with all the all the girls that were in the class below you. So that that doesn't feel good. You know, you're like, oh well, I'm not good enough. Yeah. What do you do with that kind of uh, 
self-talk, you know, or how do you, how do you handle that negative feeling? It was a daily thing for me. I know there were a lot of times when I wanted, you know, I'd call home and be like, I just don't know if this is going to happen. Like, I don't know if they even like me here. I, I would have probably been asked with the rest of my class had they, had Peter really wanted me in the company. And, um, I went through my ups and downs for sure. But, um, I think in the end, I, I really just wanted to finish. That's true. Cause that has something to do with what, how it would feel no matter what you did later, if you didn't feel like you finished something properly. Exactly. So I, I just kept hanging on to it because I knew it wasn't over till it was over. And, um, did you start thinking about like plan B type of options or do you? I, just... I did. I did. I was, I had, um, in Chautauqua, I became, I became close with Patty, um, Patricia McBride and, and Jean-Pierre Beaufou. And, um, they, they had told me if anything were to happen to try North Carolina dance theater. And I had been in contact with Ricky Weiss and he was saying, you know, wait and see what happens with New York city ballet. But, we're here. So there were two companies in North Carolina, which is where my family lived. So I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll just move back home. Maybe I'll just dance there. And it's not the, the picture that I had in mind, but it would still be dancing. And I was thinking about those things. Um, but I, but I still wanted, I still wanted a shot at New York city ballet and I knew it wasn't over till it was over. So when you came back, did you feel quite a bit stronger then? I did. I felt, um, I think it gave me a little bit of confidence because I was going back as one of the older girls in a, in a younger class level, I guess. I was coming back. I knew what to expect in D. I just, I had just done Chautauqua seven-week program. And I did. I felt... I felt more established as a dancer. It had as mo- that's I think what makes it hard is you you have good days where you're like yeah you know <laughs> I feel strong. Um, I'm coming back and I I'm I've got this. I I know what to expect. I'm ahead of the game. But then you have other days where you're feeling I'm old and I'm you know obviously I'm not good and like you have to keep all of those negative. Um, feelings kind of out of it. It's hard to do. It was hard. Were you still in the dorms and everything then? I was still in the dorms. The well, I guess the apprentices would have still been in the dorms too. So did you have any sort of shakeup with like different roommates or anything like that? Or everything kind of at the dorm level still stayed kind of similar? Everything stayed the same. My, You know, my sister danced for a while. She came to SAB too. So she, we actually lived together. Um, my younger sister, she's two and a half years younger than me. She, she came to SAB two years after me. And so we roomed together and lived together even up until I was in the company. When I got my own apartment, she lived with me for a while. And then what's she doing now? Right now, she actually, she quit. Oh, she did? <laughs> she, she did. She quit dancing. Um, but she's working for my parents now. And, um, and she moved back home and, and she's definitely happy, you know, it's still neat that she had that opportunity or that experience. Yeah. I think, I think it takes just a certain, it takes a certain level of luck <laughs> mixed with hard work and everything. Like the timing has to be right. 
there's so many things that you can't help. Things like your body, um, your body type, um, your feet, like things that you really can't change. There are things um, that you're either born with or you're not born with, and you can do so much with your body. You can change so much about it, and you can develop things and get better at things over time, but then there's a certain level of, I just can't change this about myself, you know? <laughs> it's You either have it or you don't. So it's, um, but it also, you know, it just takes the knowing what you want to. If, if it's dance in any kind of dance, if it's modern or Broadway or tap or jazz or, you know, if you're just, if you're just somebody who just loves to dance and doesn't care where in the country you do it or anything like that, then go for it, you know? <laughs> But if you care to be in a specific place, like Morgan, my sister, really wanted to be close to family. So she wanted New York City Ballet because she could be close to me or be close to home. And she's like, I really don't know if I'm interested in dancing for a company that's away, you know. Right. And everybody has. And you're right. It's too too hard of a journey to not be yes. completely in. <laughs> yes. You have to be all in. And um, you have to do what makes you happy, too. Right. So, so then tell me about how you found out um, that you were asked to be an apprentice. Okay, so apprenticeship. <laughs> I got asked the day before Halloween, I remember, because I had my whole costume picked out. <laughs> and, um, and I remember being called to a meeting. We were waiting on the, on the fifth floor where the studios and offices are um, for FAB, and we... You know, me and three other girls, three tall blondes, <laughs> were all waiting um, outside the school director's office door. And they called us all in together, and all of our teachers were there, and Peter Martins was there. And he, um, I don't know, it, it was so fast. He just kind of looked at us and was, he was just smiling, saying, so you, you made it. And we all just kind of sat there like, what? <laughs> This is right before Nutcracker, <laughs> yeah. And so it's in the middle of the year. It's not when you're expecting to be asked something. Usually it's it's workshop time. And um, so that that was kind of a special moment. I, I They just told me, you're at rehearsal tomorrow. So when you become accepted into the apprenticeship program, your your status or your role changes that very day. You immediately change how you practice or where you go, right? It's, wow. um, it, it was a shock. I remember Peter kind of just saying, okay, so tomorrow you're going to have rehearsal with Rosemary. And I that was I didn't even know who she was. I, I was <laughs> that was my only question to raise my hand. Like, um, who's Rosemary? <laughs> and they all laughed at me. Yeah, how do you know where to go at that point then? You don't, you just, um, they were like, you'll be in company class, you just... And did you know where company classes were typically held? No, <laughs> you just kind of, you know, you just figure it out. Oh, it's one so of those funny. things. Yeah, you find somebody who knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I had my, my first rehearsal the next day for Nutcracker. I did Spanish, and I was terrified. <laughs> but I was so excited, too, at the same time. And then... So you go through apprenticeship for a full year, and then how did you find out that you were going to get an actual company contract? 
that didn't ha- happen until later. I um, how many months did I have? I had all of Nutcracker in the winter season and the spring season as an apprentice, and then the company went to Saratoga Springs. And um, there were nine apprentices, nine of us at the time, because there That's were the a six big, girls. Big number, right? Yeah, <laughs> that got in from my class, and then I joined them later. And um, I think there were ten of us total. There's one boy, nine girls and one boy. <laughs> and um, we were all staying in the same little house in Saratoga, renting um, for cheap. <laughs> Most of us sleeping on the floor. And, um, and we all had our meeting together and it was just a year that he really needed girls. Um, he had a lot of full lengths coming up like Swan Lake and, um, Midsummer Night's Dream. And so he, he took us all. He said, you're all in. And, um, and it was such an exciting day. I remember that being such an exciting day. Yeah. Because can you imagine if even one of you hadn't and you I go know, back to the house I together? <laughs> I know. That would be we were really, really awkward. <laughs> it was a little stressful um, in Saratoga because it was that whole, we were all wondering, and he waited until the last day. How long are you guys there? So I think we were there for two weeks. Okay. That year. Now we only go for a week. Oh. Wow. So then you go back and your takes a huge pressure off you because you probably don't rehearse any differently from an apprentice to a core, right? Don't you learn about the same yeah. things? Yep. You um, you learn the same types of roles. The only difference is you're, you're dancing so much more than before. Because when you're, when you're an apprentice, you, you're doing a lot of understudy work. You're in the back, you're watching. Yeah, you learn it to thing, hope to do it, right? Right. You're just, you know, you're just dying to get out there. You don't care what you do. You're like, I can be a dog. I'll be a monster. You know, you just, I'll be the lamb. Go on stage. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this way, I, I would think that it would take some of that just nerves. You know, you're not just you've got something real now. Yes, it takes it really helps. Um, it really helps in that way. You're dancing most all the shows. There's no limit to what you can learn or what you can do. It's, when you're an apprentice, you have nine ballets you can do, or then they have to take you in. Oh, so they can't gotcha. use you that way, which is good. It's, it's in our contract to protect us so that you don't get paid nothing to dance like crazy. Right, right. That um, makes sense. But there's such an excitement that comes with, oh, I can do anything now, you know? Right. And then that year... Um was when you had the opportunity for a pretty big break, right? Didn't you have a really huge role that first year? I did. I, I did. I danced Polyphonia that year, my first year in the Corps. And how did you find I out, or what did you things. think? <laughs> I, I had no idea. I'd never seen the ballet before, so I didn't know what to expect. I just saw a rehearsal with me and Sarah Mearns, and Catherine Morgan, <laughs> and I was just so excited. I remember you're like, "Is there another um, Lauren out there?" <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, "Love it." Okay, well, I'm the only one. Um, and I, I didn't know. I just kind of learned it behind the other two um, dancers that day. I was doing it in the back, and um, I don't know. I really, honestly, 
I don't know how they trusted me with that, but it, I was so grateful that they did. I had yeah, plenty of What do you think rehearsal. they saw in you that, that brought you that opportunity? I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, do you, but I mean, I like, sure honestly, do you feel like maybe shot. like you try harder than, or are you more like reliable or is there something, you know, that. Oh gosh, I don't know. know. I don't think reliable is, is my <laughs> treat, <laughs> but I, I do work really hard. I remember doing it full out in the back. Oh, um, okay. Well, that's good advice. I, I really wanted the part. I was, I, um, I don't know. I fully believed in just, you know, I wanted to dance, so I didn't care if I was just understudying something or not. I was going to do it all the way in the back of the room so that they knew I could do it. <laughs> so you weren't you weren't letting like your head get in the way of oh gosh no. I'll look stupid if I'm dancing no, no. full out you, and that's good. I you know again most of my listeners are aspiring dancers or many many are, and so I always like to get a little nugget that they can take with them. So that's a good one. I think. Oh, it's so hard. That's I think that's just the hardest um, thing to get over as a dancer because we're we're so self conscious and we want to be perfect so bad, and um, and we're very sensitive to our surroundings and who's watching us, and um, it's just so important to go for it. Well, plus you know, teenagers is the angst of oh gosh, how embarrassing oh, yes. if I do this goofy face. <laughs> you know, well, you know, it's just <laughs> it is. It is so tough. You have to, you know, you have to fall down a couple of times. It really helps. <laughs> Go for it your hardest, fall down a couple of times, get up and laugh it off, and then you get used to it. And then you realize, wait a second, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I fall over, and then if I'm laughing at myself, nobody else is going to laugh at me, so it's fine. <laughs> and um, it's, um, it's way more fun to dance that way, too, once you get rid of all the insecurity and, um, and all the self-consciousness. Once you just let it go and you really just listen to the music and you have fun in the studio, you, oh, it's your job or your, just your regular day, even if you're just a student, it becomes so much better, <laughs> um, so much more enjoyable. So... Especially when, when you do it and it pays off, then you're like, all right, so I'll keep doing that. (laughs) Well, I know that you're, you're really tight Mm -hmm. on time, so I don't want to drag it out. I'd love to have maybe a part two at some point, because I'd love to hear the rest of your experience. And maybe we could talk uh, after this role, because it'd be fun to hear firsthand what, what it feels like to premiere something, you know, I might not be your first time doing it, but it'd be fun to hear it fresh from that experience. But, (laughs) but before we go, if I could just ask a lot of the the people that are listening are heading into summer intensives, and, you know, really would love to have some of the experiences that you have had, or their goals are as big as yours were at that age, like 13 to 15 type of thing. What would be your advice going into the summer, if their dream is to be dancing like you are? That's a hard question. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think back to my 13-year-old self. <laughs> um, I just say you're there to get something out of it, you know? Um, it's it's really not... You can focus on, oh, I really... Depending on where you go, I really hope they ask me to stay here for the year-round program or, um, you know, I... I don't know, I really want to get up to the next level or you can have all of those sort of goals in your head, but really it's 
it's, you're really there to become a better dancer for yourself. So wherever they place you, whatever class you're in, it's not a failure. You're there. You're at the summer program and you're there to learn. And even the smallest programs, I, I feel like I got some of the best training from the, one of the smallest programs at the time. I was at Carolina Ballet's first summer program and there were three girls in my class. <laughs> And it was well, that's tiny. actually like a private lesson. <laughs> and it was it was wonderful for me. It was so it was so good. I got so much out of it. And it it wasn't a big um, I don't know. They have all of these huge programs that mean so much now. Just just remember that it's not about you know where your friends are going opposed to you. You know, there you're going to have great teachers. Any program you go to. And it's more about listening to what they say and getting something different from the school that you're at um, and learning something new. Like, stay open. I remember I went to some programs that they were teaching a totally different technique than what I learned, you know, what I grew up with, what I was trained from the start. And that can be, um, in your head, you can be going, oh, that's wrong. And you can get stubborn about it and not not want to mold yourself into whatever the teacher's saying. But really, if you can practice taking something from every teacher that you get, you'll be so much more more well-rounded as a dancer. You'll be, um, you'll be able to adapt when choreographers come in. You'll be able to dance at most any company because you know, you know what they're looking for. You've, you've taken a class from somebody who's taught that style. And, um, and if you can just kind of take something from every um, dialect of dance, um, do it, especially the, when they offer different classes like jazz and modern and lyrical and character. There's no um, class that's wasted. There's no time. wrong class. <laughs> yeah, there's no wrong class. It's all dancing. It's all fun. You can get something out of everything. Work hard and, um, and just listen and stay open. That's what I'd say. I like it. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, Lauren, and yeah. I know that you're just going to have a great night. So Thank you. I hope No matter so. what happens, it'll still be a great night. Wish me luck. I'm Don't put pressure it. on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I know. I'm going to smile a lot. I'm going to work the face. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Do that. The audience loves, loves mistakes, too. Well, you know. Um, what's the worst that can happen, I guess? <laughs> yeah, just laugh. <laughs> well, it was like Ash LaCour said, is, uh, he said that the best advice he ever got was, it's just dance. <laughs> it is true. It is so true. We are not solving world hunger. <laughs> You're not saving lives, except We're for We're here for entertainment. <laughs> anyway, it was great to meet you. You too. And yeah, I'd love to do a little part two, because I'd love to get on to you know, you're, you're far further along than you were before. So we got to give you credit. (laughs) Thank you very much. Goodbye, Kimberly. Thanks. Bye-bye. And thanks again, everyone for listening to today's episode of Balancing Point Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview and I'll be sure to catch up with Lauren again in the near future so that we can hear the rest of her story. I feel bad that we didn't get to hear how she became a soloist and kind of some of the information you know, experiences that she's had so far, but I think it'll be fun to follow up with her, get to hear that part of the story, and then also hear about the debut that she was going into on, on the day that we talked. And for now, as I told you at the beginning of the show, I'm going to give you information for the next giveaway. My next free giveaway 
given to one lucky listener will be a signed pair of point shoes by none other than New York City Ballet principal dancer Megan Fairchild. And as you guys know, she has been a guest on my show a couple of times, once by herself and once with her husband. And she is just such a overwhelming, overwhelmingly kind person. And she really has been super great to offer up this wonderful gift for one of you guys. So if you want to enter to win this amazing prize, what you need to do is send me an email to my email account at balancingpoint at gmail.com and again that's p-o-i-n-t-e like the point shoes that you're going to get signed and in the email give me your name and then tell me what has been your favorite podcast episode yet and what I'll do is enter your name into my drawing and I'll be drawing the name on Friday June 27th at four o'clock so be sure to enter as this is a really great gift from Megan and it's just super exciting for anyone that wins it. And then tune in tomorrow as I will be moving into the principal dancers. And tomorrow I will be featuring principal dancer Ask LaCour who is just a really great guest and gives some really wonderful golden nuggets of advice. So be sure to tune in tomorrow for Ask LaCour of New York City Ballet. And until then, have a great day.